Get ready, people, for the show that's all about crypto with blockchain expert, entrepreneur, and day trader, also founder and CEO of Digital Currency LLC, your host of Cryptocurrency Now, Jeffrey Bitten, a.k.a. Coin Gorilla, with co-host, radio veteran, D. Elvis, the voice chameleon. and girls welcome to another edition of cryptocurrency now with jeff and d the coin gorilla and the voice chameleon jeff deep in the minds as always and me here in uh, not so sunny florida today <laughs> man it hasn't been sunny where where i'm at either because uh i've been literally trying to get i don't know if people know this but I'm the CEO of Digital Currency LLC, and we have uh, CoinGorilla.com going to launch here. And uh, I've just been super busy dealing with devs. I've had like a 20-hour night. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you're a pro, and you will make do. Yes, we will. Yeah, man. Dude, it's been crazy over here. Like, for the first four-plus months of 2018, like, there was uh basically very little rain and then since uh saturday it was like pretty heavy sunday it was non-stop monday it was like ridiculous tuesday ridiculous got some more today by the way folks today we're actually our recording date is uh wednesday the 23rd of may 2018 so you guys will be hopefully listening to this on friday the 25th but uh, let's get into it with Crypto Basics. All right. Crypto Basics, breaking down the basics of crypto. Cool. So what do you feel, Jeff, is something that you want to share with our listeners about, you know, the basics of crypto and what they need to know in order to get involved? Yeah. So we went over kind of uh, what blockchain is. We went over basically wallets, how to keep your crypto safe. I'm going to talk about uh, exchanges today. Alrighty. Okay, cool. So yeah, as everyone knows, there's a multitude of exchanges out there and they all offer different services. So the key is it's like, if you're in the US, you can't withdraw your crypto funds into a bank account, etc. on an exchange that's overseas. You know, this exchange here accepts this, but we don't offer that. So I mean, it's kind of like a, a roundabout and to be honest, in these days, it's always good to be registered on two to three different exchanges, you know, for, for different reasons. And I kind of want to break down what an exchange does. So basically, yeah, they, what, how about the, what exactly is an exchange in terms for our listeners? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and just as kind of a model, use GDAX, which is Coinbase's exchange platform. It's GDAX.com, and that's a real good one, and it's one of the first kind of in the U.S., and I'm a veteran on that. So That's also basis- my rap name. That's so weird. Like, what, GDAX? Yeah. No, <laughs> Isn't this sound like it? It does, it does. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, man. No, no, no problem. So basically, GDAX, well, Coinbase works a little different, but basically what an exchange does is they go ahead and they allow you to convert either fiat or BTC, Ethereum, and go on the live market and trade that with different altcoins, etc. But what people need to know about exchanges is not all exchanges are created equal. So like 
Yeah. So security wise, ease of use, you know what they offer. There's a lot of differences between the, the multiple exchanges. And right now it's, it's, you know, this is so new that it's going to be like this. People are going to kind of, you know, build off each other. They're going to take what works, what doesn't work. They're going to, you know, squash. And it's kind of like a learning phase right now for a lot of these exchanges. But basically people need to understand as we talked about wallets earlier where you are in control of your private and public key when you register on an exchange and you have that wallet automatically that exchange actually has your private key it actually has your public key and your seed so people need to understand don't register on just any exchange make sure you're registering on a reputable one because they literally control your information. That That's why up until now, when you hear people like all these millions got stolen, Mt. Gox, this and that from these exchanges, it's because once they hack the exchange, they have access to all the wallets. Right. Yeah. It's it's like the same way you wouldn't just, uh, when you, you know how like you get the, whoever you bank with or if it's PayPal or whatever, your Facebook, whatever, they always say, you know, we will never ask you for your password or account information and blah, 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 blah. And people still to this day just blindly go ahead and do some of this stuff that's very, very dangerous in terms of giving up your information that these people will be able to use to hack your accounts and literally rob you. Yeah. And, and, you know, Honestly, it's not really the consumer's fault, like so much as like ignorance. Like, I don't know about you, but have you ever read a terms and conditions in full? Yeah, I don't think anybody, <laughs> even the most savvy lawyer would take the time to go through the terms and conditions of, you know, their iTunes account or their Facebook exactly. and things like that. But at the same time, that's what's scary about a lot of this stuff is that people can easily be duped because, hey, I ain't got time for that is no excuse, you know, legally speaking. It isn't. And you know what? It's partly the company's fault, because if you go ahead and look at these terms and conditions, there's there's a lot of words in there that the average person wouldn't understand. Or there's a lot of legal terminology that people are like, what does this mean? You know what I mean? If they made it kind of like in a redacted version where kind of the key points were covered. Hey, we maybe farm out information to third party marketers, et cetera, et cetera. You know, in little bullet points, I think people will be more inclined to be reading those terms and conditions and trying to find out what's going on. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So sorry to get off topic, but no, no, no. I mean, I think this is all part of the conversation that people need to understand. Yeah. And, and, you know, I want to tell people that always, if you are going to store any crypto on an exchange, never have a hundred percent of your funds just in case something ever happens. I mean, it's just like, I don't know about you, but I don't put a hundred percent of my funds in the bank. I like to keep alternate, you know, options available just in case if, you know, like in the big crash where there was a, a run on the banks or whoever knows, right? It just, right, exactly. Yeah. So people need to understand, never put all your funds on an exchange. Okay. Second, always go ahead and check the, you know, the reputation of whoever you're doing business with. And that's just, that just goes to common sense, but Absolutely. more so when you're dealing with thousands of dollars in such a volatile market, how would you feel if you were on an exchange and you had X whatever currency? And at that moment you weren't be able, you wouldn't be able to sell it or buy it, you know, at a high or a low. It, 
as an example, you know what I mean? That, that goes on whatever platform you're on. So for instance, you know, Coinbase to me is a top, top kind of uh, provider. They're, they're pioneers in the industry. They've been around for a long time. Now they don't offer a lot of altcoins, but what they do offer is security. They're actually insured by Lloyds of London. I'm not sure the, to the total amount, but they also do their due diligence and they just filed for a, a federal application to kind of do banking or financial services. So, so I would go ahead and find a GDAX, you know, a Coinbase, etc kraken and go ahead navigate the market now with an exchange every exchange has their own fee structure of commissions etc right costs you know so also do your homework on that like for instance binance is a very good exchange they're based out of asia now if you were to just go ahead and let's say you had some extra BTC or Ether that you wanted to put in the market. That's a great platform to use. As far as fiat currency for U.S. residents, it's not an option. But as far as their platform being secure, safe, and very kind of easy to navigate, that's a great platform. But if you look at Binance's fee structure, each coin or token that you will be trading has its own minimum, its own commission rate. Etc. So please, guys, just go ahead and look at their terms and conditions, their fee structure, you know, to make sure you know what you're getting into. You, you don't want to go ahead and sell like, for instance, and I'm just throwing whatever out there, like 100 TRX and come to find out the minimum commission is 50 or 60 TRX. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you just got to kind of do the math, crumbs the numbers and figure out what works best for you. And obviously, you know, there's a lot... When you're protecting, let's face it, for most people, I mean, we can all say, oh, our family or pets or whatever, it's the most dear thing to us. But at the end of the day, let's face it, if we don't have our money, we can't take care of anything. That's what makes the world go round for most of us. I mean, especially here in the United States. And so you got to do your due diligence, like you said, and get involved with companies and networks that are protecting your investment. And sometimes what people people don't understand is it takes a lot of money to create the kind of security necessary to make this thing, you know, completely safe for the average user. So sometimes a company that has all their ducks in a row, they've had to put in more into their product financially to make that happen. So they might have a slightly higher fee in terms of transactions, but it doesn't mean, you know, you're getting what you're paying for. Right. And and, money. and I, I look at some companies, you know, like, for instance, I'm not going to blast any of my competitors. And I just have to tell people that we're launching an exchange as well, coingorilla.com. So I'm, I want to be as neutral as possible when I give people advice, but I don't want to blast any of my competitors. But there are some exchanges out there that have been around for years and they haven't updated their platform. It's antiquated technology. It's just such a clutter. And, you know, and then there's I will mention Binance, which to me is is up there, and I really respect their business model. They're nine months, ten months old. They're not even a year old, and they went from nothing to being one of the top exchanges in the world in nine months. Yeah. And that's because of their forward thinking. They invested their money in their platform. They created their token, and they went ahead and reinvested. Like You can see the advances. You can see the updates. You can see the new app. Like All that is, to me, a win, and that that is what I what 
you know, I think people should look at. And on another level, to me, money is neutral. It could be used for good or bad. And on top of that, when I look at money as far as business, it's a tool. Okay. Money is a tool right. to go ahead and, you know, money isn't everything. You know what I'm saying? But it is a necessity, especially in this world and in business, to have a good financial backing and to have a good bank so you can go ahead and achieve everything that your company aspires to be. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, I look at things like, you know, again, I try to keep it somewhat modern, but somewhat in between, I guess you would say. Like, I always like to go back to PayPal to help people understand how this stuff works. You know what I mean? Like, there was a revolutionary kind of banking system and a way to deal with money and exchange money, right? PayPal kind of set a standard, kind of like, I guess you would say, Bitcoin has set a standard in the crypto world, kind of at the forefront. And they implement a lot of things that help secure it, where they had a lot of competitors pop up and still do. And But maybe why more and more companies, you know what I mean? Like, if you go on to make a purchase online or transferring money through from business to business, a lot of companies will accept, you know, Visa, MasterCard, maybe Discover, maybe Amex, but a lot more and more are accepting PayPal. They're not necessarily ex uh, accepting some of the other companies. So I look at that as kind of the exchange, as you were speaking of. And yeah, I use it a lot for my business. A lot of my clients pay me via PayPal. And I get hit with a little bit higher fee than some of the other ones I've used. But you know what? I've never had any problems with them. Where some of the competitors, and I'm not trying to throw anybody, any company under the bus, but some of them just, their fees might be a little bit less, but I'm not getting my money on a timely fashion. I'm not, I don't have the security that I do. So, so D, on that level, you deal with kind of like freelance work and things like that. You know, for instance, I'll give you a personal story. PayPal, now the, the ex-CEO actually went ahead and founded BitPay, which is a cryptocurrency solution, kind of like PayPal. It hasn't really gained so much traction, but... Was this the guy like after Elon Musk? <laughs> no, so he left PayPal and then he started BitPay a couple years ago and he's trying to make it a processing payment system for crypto to convert into fiat, also have debit cards, etc. kind of like a PayPal model. But I'll tell you one thing about PayPal. So I didn't know this, you know, and I didn't read the terms and conditions in full. And I, I could admit that I went ahead and we went and tried to allow people to purchase GCT token with PayPal. Now, we had some sales for a few days and everything. And then one day, the account was blocked and locked. Couldn't send, couldn't receive, couldn't do anything. Oh, wow. I, my legally registered company, I sent them all my documentation. They approved my account and for no reason. So I went ahead and called these people and I was like, what's going on? They're like, no, your account is blocked for violating our terms and conditions terms of use policy. And I, I said, excuse me, we don't support your type of business. Now, this to me blew my mind away. And I'll tell you why, because Coinbase accepts mm -hmm. PayPal as a payment option. Okay. Oh, interesting. It just so. recently started. So as soon as I mentioned that they weren't getting into it and they said, no, your account is locked for 180 days. Nothing you can do. Whoa. You, you can't access it. There's no appeals process. It's just going to be there for 180 days. And me as a business owner, I asked her, well, my clients went ahead and paid for a product 
these funds are locked up, they expect to receive their product. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So how, I mean, how does that serve days me? Is, that's six months. How do I tell my customers, hey, you know what? The money's locked 180. It didn't make sense. I finally, after a bunch of arguments, spoke to someone and they allowed me to reverse all the transactions. So everyone went ahead and got their money back. But I mean, with that type of control, that freaked me out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you could only imagine it. I mean, 180 days and it's a private arbitration process. I went and looked in their terms and conditions. There's nothing you can really do. You know what I mean? So they have that type now, of control. Do you control. feel like perhaps because let's face it, part of the criticism about cryptocurrency is there a lot of the naysayers are saying, oh, it's used for illegal activities and so and that's one of the like like facebook you and i spoke about this on the phone earlier where mark zuckerberg went on the record and the reason he said he doesn't believe in allowing any kind of cryptocurrency businesses to advertise on facebook because in his mind and i guess i don't know if it's so much his mind as it is his shareholders minds perhaps and the board of directors as facebook is now a uh, public company they felt that there's too much of that stigma attached to it so they were like we're not allowing any companies like that to advertise on our platform do you feel maybe that paypal was of that same kind of mind that maybe they thought, no oh. not at all what, what what i think is is you're thinking from kind of like a consumer standpoint d and i think from a business standpoint right. now how does it work? There was a bunch of banks a little while back that stopped allowing their users of their debit cards to purchase crypto. Okay, now you have to look at it. Why is that? There's a big reason and it's monetary. It's solely a monetary reason. These businesses don't think personal, they think monetary, okay, okay. or legal. They don't think like, oh, personal reasons. If they can make money and it's legal and they're monetarily safe, they're gonna do it. So what happened was a lot of people bought crypto on credit cards at the time when it was $20,000. Then it dropped. People stopped making their payments. Now, you have to understand, for instance, let's say you went ahead and, and bought a stereo, okay? And, and then like a week later, it was worth half the money and you found the same exact stereo for half the money or, or a better one or you were just like, now it's worth half. Like, I'm only going to pay half, you know, like you have to think in the mind of like the bank. So they they looked at it as too volatile of an asset to purchase because there's a risk that they might just say, oh, this is I didn't make this purchase or, you know, default on whatever payments and that oh, to them. Oh, okay. So, yeah. You get what I'm saying? You're protected. Most credit card companies stuff protect you to say, oh, I didn't make the, you know, this wasn't my transaction. It was fraudulent or whatever. And they're kind of have to back it up. Or just people saying, hey, I don't want to pay, you know, or hey, whatever, or, you know, this and that. And that goes back to also a lot of ICOs that come out and scam people. You know what I mean? So, like, maybe a lot of people were also purchasing with, with credit cards in, in some fashion, you know, ICO tokens that never came to fruition and they just didn't want to pay for it or reverse the charges, et cetera, et cetera. You see what I'm saying? So it, yeah. it's too much of a kind of a financial risk is what I believe. Now, why would PayPal allow Coinbase to do it and not me? Because I'm not or digital currency LLC or someone else, you know, because Coinbase is insured, insured by Lloyds of London. They've been around forever. They're a force in the industry. They have monetary backing and they must have worked to deal with them. You know what I mean? To where they yeah. feel comfortable.
No, and that's I think that's again we're in in so many ways this industry is still in its infancy because of the yeah for every legit company there's a bunch of pop-ups startups coming up that may not be legit and people are have a hard time figuring out how they can weed through what's legit and what isn't and i would imagine that other companies themselves have a hard time with that it's one of those things where i feel like you know maybe a year two years three years from now we're gonna look back on this kind of stuff and laugh yeah because it's gonna just seem like Oh my God, I can't believe there was a time where that was an issue, you know? And right. But like, I think you can say that about so many different things, like social media. You think about people were like 10, 15 years ago, no one would put out some of the information they put out on social media. You know what I mean? People kept that stuff public or private. And I think about like politics and the way people openly discuss politics. When I was growing up, man, you never discussed that was like the one thing, like, you could tell people, you know, the most disgusting stories about your bowel movements or your sexual escapades, but you never brought up politics. That was just a taboo subject. And Dave Chappelle did actually did a skit about that. And I remember that whole skit. And, it, and it's true. It's like you could be like, oh, my wife did this and that, et cetera. And then but, you know, who are you going to vote for? And they're just like that's a private question. How dare you ask me that? You know, like he did a whole skit on that. Like, yeah, no, you're right, bro. And, and these days it's more open and transparent. And I think that's great. You, you know what I mean? It's the world is changing in many ways. It's kind of getting smaller in a sense that we're all connected. So being that we're all connected, one world event, like let's say in this part of the world can affect another part of the world because economic wise, migration wise, I mean, look at all the things happening in Lebanon and Syria and people fleeing the borders and migrating to other countries. I mean, even migration, I mean, the world is, is right now changing in many ways. And yeah, I mean, all I can say is, is transparency, do your research and really know what you're getting into. Just don't go into things blindly because if you're satisfied with your purchase, very rarely do people complain or ask for a refund. You know, it's, it's all about, and, and I believe that nowadays also it, in, in the, this world of connectivity and internet, a lot of the faces of a lot of these companies are just not there. You just see a website. You don't know who runs it. You know, I mean, yeah. sure, there's there's an exception. But, I mean, before, before people invested in a company, like let's say traditionally in the 80s and 90s, they would go ahead and look at a company's prospectus. They would go ahead and look at financial documents. You know what I mean? They would meet with someone from the firm that would explain what's going on, and they would kind of get a feel for the company that way. But nowadays, with information being so accessible people do their information but as there's a lot of good information there's a lot of misinformation or lack of information so people need to go ahead and really do double triple research don't just look at one site's ratings or reviews look at multiple sites go ahead verify you know the company make sure that you know if if i'm going to i'll be honest Nowadays, you can go ahead and search someone's name and get their public information, even get a photo, an accurate photo yeah. for like 20 bucks on the Internet. If I'm going to invest a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand dollars, I'll go ahead and invest. That's 20 what bucks. I don't understand. <laughs> this is where and, you know, and you say, you know, consumers need to kind of do their research and things like that. And so, but you also said earlier, sometimes it's not really the consumer's fault. I feel like what you just said sums it up pretty nicely, you know. 
if you are going to invest this kind of money, then you better invest the appropriate amount of time as well to make sure you're doing uh, these transactions with a proper uh, through a proper channel. So, and I do feel like again, not trying to get too political, but part of the problem I feel in the United States, especially in recent years is there's a lack of accountability where people are just like oh i fucked up and it's somebody else's fault it's like no you fucked up own it and deal with it learn from it move on whatever you gotta do people like to pass the buck too much and there's enough information out there and you know you wouldn't go invest in stocks and things like that without doing your research this is no different you have to be wise take the time do the research find out which avenues will work for you, which ones may not. And like you said, there's plenty of information out there and plenty of misinformation out there. People uh, just have to take responsibility for their actions and just go ahead and do it the right way. You know, there's too many people in here trying to like hop in and hop out, make that quick buck. And that's not how this kind of stuff works. No. And I have to say on that note, God bless America, you know, and I, and I, I love this country and Amen. honestly, thank God for all these safeguards that we have in place. Yeah. We do have a lot of departments and if a company is registered legally and something does happen, there's a lot of different departments you can go to file complaints and there there will be ramifications. Me being a world traveler, for instance, and traveling to other countries, South America, Mexico, for instance, it's not that straightforward. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we do have a lot of protections in place and – but – at the same time, as people know, and I'm sure they've seen with the whole Madoff, you know, Ponzi scheme, it's eight, yeah. five, whatever years later, and people are still trying to recoup their money. Yeah, legally, the process is going through. But I mean, it's a process. And oh, another thing I wanted to touch on before we get off this and guys, make sure that when you go ahead on an exchange or if you invest in an ICO, you find out where they are registered. If they're registered in Seychelles or Malta or, you know, Barbados, I mean, you can't file a lawsuit here, you know, against them there if they're not registered in the U.S. So everyone, are you going to fly to Barbados or Seychelles and, and file a complaint and pay, you know, just think about that when you invest in these companies, make sure where they're from. I mean, a lot of companies, if you are a real like legit company, like for instance, if you're from another country and you want to do business in the U S they register in the U S they have a presence in the U S so, yeah. you know, tr try to just, try it's to just do your anything. Research. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. The information is there and yes, there's a lot of bad information out there, but if you actually put in the effort and put in the time, which you should with anything, like I don't even make a purchase on a product without doing my research. You know, like I use a lot of different audio equipment for my studio and things like that. And I have found that things that were highly rated, according to some people, did not work well for me. Well, that's my own fault for thinking that just random people's opinions were good enough to sway my judgment on making a purchase. So. I swallowed that pill and, you know, that kind of thing where it's just, you know, you can test stuff out. You can do things in different ways to verify how something works and whether it's going to be legitimate, illegitimate or just uh, compatible with what the way you do things. So exactly. And, and like you said, their opinions, that's their personal feelings. Right. You might feel different about something. They might not know that, you know, these ear earphones are uncomfortable for you and they're comfortable for them. I mean, everyone's head's different. Maybe for them it fit, you know, so there's, there's a lot of factors, you know, but um, exactly. on, on that note, bud. Why don't yeah. we see what, how about some facts we'll get into uh, 
what has happened in the past week on our next segment, Coin Watch. Sounds good. Coin Watch, giving you the lowdown on the hottest performing coins. Jeff indeed back here on cryptocurrency now and coin watch is where Jeff gives you a breakdown of some of the things that have trend up or down with particular coins in the past week again this recording is taking place on May 23rd 2018 you will be hearing it hopefully on the 25th of May 2018 Jeff take it away yeah so everybody knows this last week has been a sea of red it's been real difficult to come up but I'm going to go into a couple coins and everyone remember just this is just advice. This is just stuff that, you know, information out there. I'm not recommending or anything. I'm just giving you the best performers that I thought of the last week. So I hope this can be informative and you guys do your research. But uh, yeah, let's let's go in. OK, so number two, we're going to go into Decred. DCR is a ticker. It has a market cap of 795.5 million. It's number 27 on the coin market cap. May 16th, you could have bought a coin for $95.60 roughly. On today at time of recording, it's at $110.68. So that's a seven day gain of 14%, which in this last week is pretty impressive because trust me, D, there's a lot of red out there. I mean, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, Litecoin, all the big three are down and everything else in general is down. So in this week, that's huge. 30-day gain of 72%. Now, if you guys remember last episode, we talked about circulating supply and total supply. Remember that, D? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so what caught me, which was pretty interesting, this uh, circulating supply is only 7,145,000. So that's a very, very low amount of coins that are out there. And the total supply is just a little slightly above that at 7,565,000. So there's a limited number. It's at $95.110. Like we said, scarcity, you know what I mean? Supply and demand, there's not a lot out there. Is there a rule of thumb sort of like, generally speaking, where a ratio that's good or bad, like you, do you want it to be a lower number or do you want it to be a higher number or is it, as it vary from coin to coin? So it depends on, on what that token is, is trying to achieve. Like for instance, if it is trying, let's say there's a token that comes out and it wants to be used on a global marketplace, you know what I mean? Right. So you would definitely need a higher supply, but if they have, you know, the ecosystem to support that, it will gain value you know, naturally. It's just supply and demand. Now, if wow. you go ahead, I, I haven't researched Decred, so I'm not going to speak on what they do or what their blockchain purpose is. But if you go ahead, this is for everyone. If you look at their ICO paper, they will go, they'll have a roadmap and they'll also mention what they're trying to achieve. Some blockchains or tokens or coins try to achieve one singular purpose. Some try to achieve like a whole ecosystem with multiple different angles, like, um, you know, a marketplace and exchange, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to look at all that. 
more than that, you have to figure out, is it mind or pre-mind? Okay. Now that also has something to do with value because it gives the minor incentive to mine because they get a piece of the transaction. The fees tend to be higher, but you know, it's just a different process of doing things where pre-mined, the transaction fees are a lot lower, you know, but they're pre-mined. I'm thinking maybe next week in Crypto Basics, we can get into what mining is and all that as well. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. So a tease, if you will. So I'll go. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Uh, it's number 27 on the coin market cap. So we'll go on to the next coin. It's called Skycoin, and right. it has a market cap of 308, 309 million. It's number 56 on the coin market cap. May 16th, it was trading for at $24.34 per coin. At the time of recording today, uh, May 23rd, it's trading at $34.30. Seven-day gain of 47%, which is huge this week. 30-day gain of 63%. Now, just today, just today, while I was researching how it's been moving for the last couple days, it's up 36%. That's today. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's pretty damn good. It is. Sky's um, the limit. See? I'm going to do their ad. Sky's the limit. I'm going to do their ad campaign for them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they I'm sure they would love it, man. They'd be, you know, it, they'd be honored to have you, I'm sure. But people need to understand. So, like, if you guys are looking long term, look at coins that are steady performers. So, for instance, like, it doesn't matter if there's a sea of red, which it is right now. There's always going to be a couple performers. So I say to people, and this is my strategy, and I'll give this free advice out there, is, like I said, have your weekly, you know, your weekly kind of outlook on what you want to gain, you know, put your weekly fund, your daily fund should be based on the trends more than anything, you know, always look at the charts, always look at the history of the past. But if you're day trading, and we're talking like, you know, like little increments, like few Satoshi movements, you need to go ahead and look at the trends, get in and out, get in and out, get in and out. So it doesn't matter if there's a sea of red, you can always find a coin that will make you money daily. So that's, that's my little tip. Now, We'll go this week. I'm going to, to me, I'm going to go into the worst performing coins. All right. Yeah. And, and this is, this will kind of shock people. So Uh yeah, I'm I'm sitting down Bitcoin BCN. It has a market cap of 1 billion. It's called Bitcoin. Bitcoin B Y T E C O I N Bitcoin. Okay. 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 Like a like a digibyte or a gigabyte, right. you know what I mean? I was thinking they were biting off a certain giant. <laughs> <laughs> no man, no. <laughs> but it has a market cap of a uh, one billion three hundred thirty nine million. So it's definitely a player, and it's not number nineteen on coin market cap. It, May sixteenth, it was trading at fractions of a penny. Today, it's trading at lesser fractions of a penny. Wow! All right, so seven day loss of 15%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now a 14 day loss of 89%. And then a 30 day gain of 54%. Now I know that might confuse some people. Okay. But like, as you can see, if you would have sold 14 days ago, you would have lost 89%. But 
in the overall 30 days, if you would have held you, you're at a gain of 54%. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's, we're, we're talking about in coin watch, basically it's what's happened in the past week in terms of these tokens. And then, yeah, when you give the 30 day and that's the beautiful part, we're showing you like the trends of the week on how things have performed, but then compared to the past 30 days, you see a huge difference where essentially what I get out of that is this is why for me, every time I've invested in anything, I'm kind of a very laissez-faire hands-off person where I get in and I let that stuff sit and simmer and do its thing. And I'm not worried about jumping in and out. That's how I operate. So when I, so, so someone like me hears that and says, Oh, okay. It shit the bed the last two weeks, but overall, it's going up. Yeah. So, so, and that also depends on what your goal is. I mean, right. wh- what is your goal? Do you want to stay in? Do you want to invest for six months, three months, one month, one week? You know what I mean? So it all depends. If, if you're looking at a coin for a long term, do the research. If you're looking long term, I'd say six months a year, do historical research, find out what dates in the year, because every coin has a date, which generally is equivalent to the last year's date where they peak and then they drop unless there's some catastrophe in the market or something swings it. But I mean, I would really, really suggest people to go ahead and look at the history if they're doing long-term, if they're doing something weekly, you better be on that coin every day. Check, check their feeds, check the market. I mean, keep that window open on your computer. I would check it every 15, 20 minutes. I'd look at the trading volume. I'd see if any news is coming out. Now, if you're looking at the day trader, okay, day traders look more at charts, okay, more than anything. And I think of day trading uh, crypto kind of like in the same aspect of trading in the Forex market where they're doing pit movements and it's based on, you know, minor factors and exchange rates, et cetera, et cetera. So I go ahead when, when I'm a day trader, I will go ahead and look at the best performing coins for the day. I'd see where their peak, you know, I'd go ahead and draw out my charts and I'd see where that leads me. But day trading is a different beast. I wouldn't suggest that the, you know, base, starting in crypto to go ahead and day trade. It takes a long time and it takes some effort. And um, I'd suggest doing long term. But yeah, uh, interesting fact on Bitcoin. Uh, We're talking about circulating supply of the coin, right? And total supply. This has a circulating supply of 1,890,000,000. Okay. Wow. So that's more than the people in China. (laughs) right right so and on top of that uh people need to i don't know what they really what their purpose is what their ico stated i haven't looked into bitcoin that thoroughly but i would go ahead and try to find out what they're trying to achieve and is it really feasible and you know their total supply is similar so they're not going to release more but i mean that's what's out there it's going to have high swings it's going to be volatile you know what i mean and when you have a big amount of tokens out there circulating and you don't know who controls or owns all the tokens, there could be pump and dumps. And and for UD, pump and dumps are when the coin will literally jump up, you know, 40, 50, 60, 80, 100% because someone is pumping the market. And then once they gain their profits, they retract. Exactly. So it's really important to whatever you invest in to to look at who are the token holders. Go to etherscan.io. Most of these tokens are ERC-20 tokens. 
type in the coin name, find out, you know, what they're at, find out who are the main token holders. There's graphs on there that'll let you know this person owns 50%, 40%, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then more than that, you can go ahead and check who, if there's a pump, you know, this is a little more advanced, but you can go on either scan because all these transactions are public on a public ledger because they're on right. the Ethereum network. You can go ahead and check the actual wallet holder of who's doing the pumping or the dumping, et cetera, et cetera. And that's for more advanced people, but yeah. Cool. Well, so we'll awesome, we'll man. That. You know, yeah, see you've read, but things, uh, they, what goes down must come up at some point. So as we keep uh, up to date on this from week to week, you guys will notice the difference and see the different trends. And uh, it's really cool, man. And I love having an expert like you on board here. That's what makes it very clear for someone like me as well. So we're going to take a quick break and come back and chat some more on cryptocurrency now. Here we go. Money talks. You're listening to Cryptocurrency Now. Thanks for tuning in on your favorite podcast apps. Be sure to check in every Friday as we bring you new episodes discussing the trends and latest news around cryptocurrency as well as blockchain technology. Keep up with the show on Twitter at now underscore crypto and check out our brand new Instagram page at crypto underscore currency underscore now. Let's get back into the show with more cryptocurrency now with Jeff and D. We're back on Cryptocurrency Now with the Coin Gorilla and the Voice Chameleon. That is Jeff. I am D. And we're going to be chatting about some of the headlines making news in the crypto world this week. Again, our recording date is May 23rd, 2018. To be or not to be. Covering the latest crypto news, regulations, and trends globally. So, Jeff, I found this to be pretty interesting so a nobel prize economist says that crypto is the latest in a pattern of alternative currencies meaning that throughout history we have and we being mankind have found other ways and attempted other ways to create alternative currencies going back as far as the 1800s even where he refers to labor notes that were sold as merchandise in units of hours of work. The currency itself did not last long. And this was, you know, just one of those many experiments. So that goes back again, we're talking almost 200 years. And so mankind has toyed with this concept of a alternative currency for many reasons, some political, some for just, it just makes things a little more accessible for uh, those who live in areas that maybe aren't as developed and things like that. And even going back to here in the U.S., there's actually uh, references to the Great Depression movement called technocracy, which proposed to replace the then gold-backed U.S. dollar with a measure of energy. So uh, there's actually books about this and all that. So, again, I feel like this is one of those things where even for someone like me who I'm, I'm, I'm into this, I believe in it. But at times, even I have my doubts, and I'm sure you have doubts from time to time in your head because it's just natural. But I think it's really cool to know that this is just an evolution of an idea that has been around for a long time in many ways. What do you think? 
I, you, you know what? You hit it spot on. You hit it on the nail. You think back to the Roman Empire. Okay. So before it collapsed or whatever, it, you, you know, they were doing great for a long time. They were actually minting their coins in silver and gold, etc. And then when it got towards the end of their, you know, conquest or their empire, they started minting in like copper and other metals, et cetera, et cetera. So at that time, what people were doing, not only were they were they bartering for services and things like that, they were hoarding gold, silver. You know what I mean? So that's also an alternate alternate currency. You know what I mean? If you really think about it in, in history, when whatever currency or whatever fluctuates, you can always use gold to get either services, food, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like it, it goes back to time. And I just like to think of digital currency or blockchain. And OK, like Bitcoin started off as, as a transfer of money kind of system. But blockchain technology has evolved and is still evolving into something totally different. So I like to think of blockchain as one thing. And I like to think of Bitcoin and like certain crypto monies is another. I think of Bitcoin being decentralized, meaning that no one controls Bitcoin. No one controls a transfer. It's, you know, it's independent people doing algorithms on computers all over the world, processing these things. No one person has control of anything. And that's what's attractive to it in this digital world. So like think of it as as instead of going with an ounce gold coin in your pocket going out to let's say France and trading it in because gold has kind of like a world standard price. You know, gold is the same price all over the world. Same with Bitcoin. So you can do the same thing with Bitcoin in essence in the future. It, you know, once it evolves, like you could think of it as, you know, that's my hedge against inflation in this part of the world or that part of the world, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Right. Because the monetary units for different countries fluctuate in value from day to day. And that's why, you know, uh, the British pound versus the U.S. dollar, you know, what its value is can go up or down depending on the day. Uh, right. Like you said, like gold or cryptocurrency, something like Bitcoin, its value is its value. And it's its value because of multiple reasons. One, because of the scarcity, the difficulty to mine gold. Right. And when it comes down to silver, it's because it's used in everyday electronics and there's not enough silver to like last another 30, 40 years or et cetera. Right. Right. So you have to think of like Bitcoin as a way to hedge against like inflation it has the same value that people you know put a lot of value on which is subjective is diamonds okay but one thing with diamonds it doesn't have a set price all over the world in africa it's worth this once it's been you know once it went ahead and got refined and it got you know sent to antwerp or wherever they're sending it it's now a second price third price and based on the market you know it fluctuates right i always say diamonds are one of the biggest scams in the history of mankind it is it, it is because, because you they're can get plentiful. a cz yeah they're not rare <laughs> they're not rare at all they no. were something that became and it actually wasn't even that long ago i mean it's probably about 100 years ago where the De Beers company basically created value by saying, hey, this is what you need to do to, uh, you know, this is the hot new token for little trinket or whatever for marriage and things. You know what I mean? Like be, there was no engagement rings 
prior to like 1920 something. Right. So, uh, and it's crazy. Like I, you know, and I, it was funny because I was having this discussion with my wife one when she was my fiance, and she was like, "Wait, what are you trying to say?" I was like, "No, you're still gonna get a rock. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna get you <laughs> a nice ring and all that, but I'm just saying this value we place on diamonds is completely subjective, and we right. all just bought into it as a culture." So you're absolutely right, but there actually is a commercial value in like diamond saws and it's actually one of the strongest you know stones right. and, and heat resistance so like it actually that's has I like, find, yeah it's a, it's the densest stone and it's like right uh, that's where i would see value and i'm like yeah let's use it for that like why are we exactly. wasting it on people's fingers <laughs> right no no you're, you're absolutely right and and i want to tell you one strange little kind of thing if you think about gold and silver as an alternate currency they have two things they have one thing in common which is their mind. If you think about yeah. Bitcoin, that is also mind. It may be digitally, but it's also kind of like the longer the more. Okay, so Bitcoin. J just to get into a quick quick rundown, Bitcoin is staggered in, in how many Bitcoins will be released at X time. X time. The the less Bitcoin that are released, the harder the algorithms and the math problems and all these computations get for these computers to to re receive a partial Bitcoin. So there's actual. It's it's just like in the world where you know back in the days you can pan you know you can pan gold out of the stream and and now you got to go deep in these caverns and mines to get the gold where back in the days with bitcoin it, it would literally on a normal computer you could mine like one or two bitcoins in a few hours you know what i mean and now it's taking days for like supercomputers to mine one bitcoin so like right. and that's something we should probably it's interesting in, in it's very basics in a yeah future it's interesting as well. yep cool so, man uh, you got anything in the news that you were checking out and want to share with everybody I do. So I always like to see big business kind of adopt blockchain or at least look into it. It just to me, it seems like the bigger the business that accepts or even looks into it, the sooner it's going to be adopted worldwide. So I always like finding stories like this. It says Walmart files patent for blockchain based digital marketplace. OK, now this is Walmart. All right. And yep. we all know the power From, uh, of Walmart. CCN.com is our source on this. Yes, uh, CCN.com, and it says a recently released filing by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office outlines a blockchain-based framework that Walmart has envisioned as part of the efforts to expand its digital services. So, yeah, they filed in 2017, it says, and it just got granted on the 17th of this month. Now, that I think is huge because Walmart, as you all know, is just a behemoth, okay? Business-wise, yeah. they're... they're and on top of that, I don't know if people really know the structure of Walmart and everything, but I'm a real, I like to learn about businesses, business structures, especially ones that are successful. And they went ahead and modernized and revolutionized and streamlined kind of like the marketing process. So basically when you go into a Walmart, let's say, and you scan an item on their register, there's some big supercomputer back where in wherever they're at headquartered and that is registering that purchase and and letting people know what products are selling what regions at what times etc 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 and that's like instant you know what i mean and they they yeah. revolutionize that so by them looking in a blockchain they obviously have a reason for it they're talking it it, it goes into this article that it's going to deal basically with delivery services and like we talked about private keys so yeah i think yeah. walmart gets a bad rap in a lot of ways in terms of you know 
and usually mainly, I think a lot of, on a day to day basis, people bitch about how they operate in terms of the actual stores. You know what I mean? But you can't. The joke about you know five thousand customers and two registers are open or whatever. But I'm like, what people don't understand is like the reason Walmart became as huge as it did, and or is, and continues to grow is because they're very smart in how they implement things. So. Yeah, maybe the day-to-day operations of your local Walmart piss you off, but trust in the fact that this company is usually way ahead of the curve in so many ways. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to say I agree with all their business practices. No, no. Just, just, but, but as far as like Walmart going ahead and doing this blockchain patent, filing for this patent is huge because they are – a huge player. I, I mean, they literally can tell a producer, we want X amount. We want it to be X cents cheaper and we need it by this day. And like these, pro- these producers will conform, you know what right, I mean? Like, right. like they have big, huge control. So if they're going to use blockchain, I mean, even if it's their own private blockchain, right? Like, let's say they do their own private blockchain and, you know, it's not mineable, it's not out there. That will give other companies the incentive to be like, wow, we got to get on board with Walmart because a lot of companies follow what Walmart does business wise. You know what I'm saying? Like in a business sense, marketing, sales, et cetera. What, what a lot of these big companies, these big box stores do is they'll look at Walmart's sales you know, like, like their sale advertisements, and then they'll go ahead and try to be lower or compete, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So if Walmart is doing this, a lot of, uh, it'll give incentive for a lot of other companies to go ahead and, and do the same thing. Right on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it basically kind of monkey see monkey do. And uh, a lot of companies will follow suit. They're just waiting for somebody that kind of is an authority, such as a Walmart to do this. Right. And then exactly. when they see, okay, Walmart's doing it and making it work. So let's, you know, we'll sack up and put our money where our mouth is and go ahead and follow suit. Yeah. And and I'm sorry to cut you off, D. And I'll talk on like a subject, you know, I I study all kind of businesses. So like we're talking Philip Morris right now. So Philip Morris has patented, right, like marijuana kind of branded cigarettes like years ago. Okay. Yeah, they did their uh, Marlboro uh, with the – with like the leaf logo thing. And I was like, I, from a marketing standpoint, cause I do a lot of marketing stuff and that's like my forte over the years doing brand building and marketing, things like that. And I was like, man, when, cause I knew, and I followed that, those trends in business too. And I was like, uh, and that could be a whole other topic for another episode about medical marijuana and how blockchain can change the way that's dealt with and uh, just or legal marijuana in certain States and whatnot. But, from a marketing perspective, I was like, wow, Marlboro's getting way ahead. But that's right. probably a good thing. They invested some money and some time in, in doing this, and it, it will pay off for them at some point, I believe. It will. And what a lot of people don't realize also is that they bought hundreds and hundreds of acres years ago in Northern California, which they haven't done nothing with up until now. Yeah. But it's, it's in the – it's in the their – Green light. They're waiting, waiting for the federal green light and they're already prepared. They're going to be the, on the forefront. Believe that. So like, you know, so by Walmart doing this, it's kind of like the same foresight. And they're just like right now advancing everyone else to follow suit. So I think that's great, man. What do Absolutely. you got? What else you got for us? Let's see what else we got here. Well, we've got some cool stuff going on with blockchain technology and how it's helping folks in the Philippines. 
Wow. Okay. So I know we talked about last week about how like some of these villages in India that were benefiting from the blockchain being implemented. And here, and our source for this is Coindesk.com. I have a great article saying that rural banks in the Philippines are looking to adopt blockchain technology in a bid to improve financial inclusion for local residents. So according to a report by the Philippine Information Agency uh, on Wednesday, the initiative dubbed Project I2I, that's the letter I, the number two and the letter I, which I think is very clever, by the way, again, from a marketing perspective. I really do too. So it's led by the Union Bank of the Philippines, one of the country's largest ba- uh, banking institutions, and it's going to use the Kaleido blockchain platform developed by the Ethereum startup Consensus. Consensus is a big company, and it's you know it's not a surprise that it's being developed on the Ethereum platform. A lot of other banks, Santander, and a lot of other banks are using the Ethereum platform as well to create blockchain applications and, and use it as blockchain. And I think that's really cool, man. I, I really do. And and coming out of the Philippines, you know, I mean, from what I hear right now, their human rights aren't the greatest, and you know, with their president yeah. just, you know, I, I mean, my personal feelings, you, you know, but. There's a lot of situations all over the world that where the average person, the average citizen in certain countries, they just don't have the means partly due to a lack of technology and accessibility, you know, where it's a lot of things that you and I and many citizens of more developed nations take for granted. And right. that's where I feel like the blockchain industry is really and you know not not and we're not in this regard we're not talking about cryptocurrency itself but blockchain te- technology which is a separate thing how it's leading to kind of a humanitarian effort in many parts of the world right and which is great and i i fully support and like i don't know if people know this but our company has we published this uh we have a two percent donation set aside yearly for different charities that people can go ahead and at the end of the year we'll kind of have a poll what charity to donate but like i believe in this fully and what i take from this d like you know being in the blockchain industry and and knowing about blockchain is i take this as this bank if this isn't a rural part in the philippines i take it as a lot of people you know are paper-based or whatever so it might be difficult for people. They might not have an ID. They might not, you know. Uh, yeah, because they, have... they say that. So the Philippines has it's made up of more than seven thousand islands. Think about that. Wow, that's really wow. hard to get things back and forth. I'm and, sure, and especially because they say it's uh, still largely manually processed and paper paper based. Yeah. So, see, so you know what? I actually just pulled up the article. It also says it's using the the SWIFT network. Now, do you know about the SWIFT network? I do not, but I'm assuming it's fast. No, no, it isn't. It actually, I don't know what it stands for, but it's actually the system that like the majority of the banks, like I'd say 95% of the banks, 80% of the US use to go do international money transfers. So it's, it's called a SWIFT, you know, you always need a SWIFT code, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a process where you walk in, you pay like a $50 fee to your bank. It's a big five, 10, 15 minute ordeal. You have to have every letter, every number correct every address um they need phone numbers i was joking like i know what the swift is it's it's essentially like a routing number kind of situation for international use 
Uh, I have clients that use that. Actually, some of my clients over in France that, uh, you know, they're like, hey, we need your Swift code. And I remember. Yeah. But but the process is cumbersome, you know what I yeah, mean. So if if you can I go ahead, joke and, that, that the Swift network is poorly named because there's nothing Swift about it. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing. But again, we go back to marketing. Brilliant marketing. Yeah, you're, that, you're like, oh, it must be. <laughs> yeah, we got to get on. But um, you know what I take from this is is like. Okay, the banks realize people don't always have their documents, their paper documents. What about if they come in one time, register, they put it on a blockchain, okay? And then from then on, they realize that, yeah, you may be rural or whatever, but I'd say a huge portion of the population in the Philippines must have a cell phone. That's all you need with blockchain to walk into a bank if if they have everything on a blockchain, pull out your cell phone, you know, it'll pull up a picture of you, you know, which will match theirs on their end. And they'll know it's your account. You scan a QR code and then you have access to your banking account or et cetera, et cetera, however they want to work it. But that's that's what this can accomplish. So, like, it can give banking to the unbanked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that literally in rural areas don't have documentation of birth or, you know, they were born in some, you know, mountain and, you know, never went to the city till they were five years old. I mean, me traveling a lot, I, I've actually heard of situations like that. So yeah, um, that's crazy, man. Like when I've gone into, you know, I spent time in Hong Kong and Thailand and uh, Sri Lanka, like it's, it's a lot of the stuff that it's weird because certain things were more advanced. Like you mentioned the cell phone thing. And I know that in a lot of parts of Asia, like the average person had a mobile phone long before the average person in the U.S. had a mobile phone. So and just, faster. Yeah. In Japan, in Japan, people were video streaming like years and years ago when in the U.S. we were still like 2G, 3G. And they were video streaming on trains underground when I was there. And I was in shock at how advanced their technology was or their network, I should say. It's not the technology so much as their network. You know what yeah, I mean? That's the thing is like so they and they make it so that these things are easily accessible. But right. And, you know, they're a lot cheaper. The, you know, uh, somebody that in the U S that, you know, makes under whatever, $12,000 a year in the pot, you know, under the poverty line, they might not be able to afford a cell phone. And, but, you know, uh, somebody that would be considered not as well off in some of these other nations, it's pretty much, they were born, you know, if they were born in the last 20 years, they were born into the technology. Right. And, so, and I'll tell you what, my, but at the same daughter, time, they can't access money, which is weird. You know? <laughs> yeah. My 10 year old daughter knows more than me on, on certain things when it comes to like gaming and YouTubing and things like that. And my five year old, even she's really, she's well navigated, but yeah, man, it's, it's just incredible to find out. I'll, I'll tell you what though, that one person that probably, like you said, it takes them a long time to afford that cell phone once they have it. They're going to guard that with their life. I'll tell yeah, you that much. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, right on, man. Unlike me, who used to break my phones because of hockey games, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just great because, again, just kind of to sum it up, it's just another example this week of how the blockchain technology is actually helping just the average person in different parts of the world to have access to things that a lot of us in developed nations have taken for granted for you know, generations. So. I love I love it. And that's what I love about blockchain, man. And, and good article, buddy. Yeah, good article. Right on. So, guys, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is normally fact or fiction. We're going to kind of skew it a little bit here and change it up. Fact or fiction, putting your knowledge to the test. You know what, Jeff, I'll put it to you this way. Fact or fiction, 
You are more than just a crypto aficionado. Uh, fact. Right. Because you also not only host this wonderful podcast with me, and thank you again for including me in this because I really enjoy this each week. It's my pleasure. You're not a fan. You know, you're not just some fanboy. You're a guy who's in the industry, in the financial industry, and you've kind of navigated to doing uh, crypto with your own company. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, thanks for asking. So I, I just kind of want to give people a little, you know, just a little hit. You know, who am I? Like everyone might see me on Twitter, Coin Gorilla, and you know, I just want to give people a heads up. I've never had a Twitter account. I'm not on social media, so I just did the Twitter account as that and started getting a fan base and people started associating me with coingorilla.com. And I don't know if everybody realizes, but I actually am the CEO of Digital Currency LLC. So we're US based, we're out of Nevada and we deal in all things blockchain. Not Our first launch is coingorilla.com which is going to be a crypto exchange. We're going to focus on altcoins and we're going to focus on customer service and et cetera. But we have multiple other launches and projects in effect. So I, I just I just want people to realize that you're talking to someone that is well-versed in business, first off, and second off, well-versed in crypto and un that understands this somewhat tricky kind of rapid changing, you know, evolving space so like right i think if you guys have tuned into the few episodes we've done here it's pretty pretty obvious that jeff isn't just some like aficionado he's very well versed in this industry and in the technology and very passionate about it which is cool because to me i think when you are dealing in business you to succeed you want to be passionate about what you're doing uh i think right. that's the most brilliant minds the most successful people they're all passionate. It's not just a job to them. It's kind of a way of life. And I think from my experience of knowing you in the short time I have, I've just been blown away by your knowledge. And I'm like, you can't acquire this kind of knowledge just by reading articles and just uh, looking at things from the outside. You're deep in, trenched in everything involving this and building things that will help a lot of people now and in the future, correct? Yes, and thank you for bringing that up. And I just want everybody to know, you can do this too. I'm self-taught. Blockchain, no one knew about blockchain five, six years ago when I got into it. They look at me as crazy. You know, I was lucky at that space at that time to have gotten into the right chats and gotten to know the right people in the industry that were, that right now, own their own companies and are still kind of in the space and in the field. And so that aren't access as accessible as they were back then. But on top of that, I I'm self-taught and just, if you have a mind for business, like for instance, and real quick, real quick, I, I want to just emphasize what you just said here, folks, for the people listening. Cause it's, he said five, six years ago. That's before, <laughs> which is an eternity like, in crypto. It really is. Yeah, it's an and, eternity and in that crypto. shows that you've basically been a part of this industry in a lot of ways from kind of the ground floor, if you will, which is amazing. I, I mean, if you asked, if you said blockchain to me five, six years ago, I would think it's like something that Lego invented. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and literally everyone would look at me like that. Like, what, what language are you speaking? What right. is this? Like, you know, what are you smoking? And I was like, no, like, okay, but. Yeah. So, you know, 
I just want to like let everybody know that I want people to know me for blockchain, but I've actually been part of some very, very successful companies and um, I've been very successful in real estate, thank God. And just to let you know, one of the companies that I was one of the earliest investors, I mean, like one of the first five for like $10,000 sold to Yelp for over $70 million a few years ago. And I wasn't in it till the end like that. I was just kind of like, but trust me, I made a return and, but I saw the vision, you know what I mean? And, um, at the time, it was revolutionary, and now there's so many in the world, different copycats and that are doing the same thing. But uh, at that time, it was revolutionary, and I saw it go from the ground floor where a CEO would literally go you know, door to door asking, hey, can I do this and that for you, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and would get accounts that way. And that's how he started it. I remember just a couple of years ago, we sat down and just had a little talk. We're reminiscing. And he's like, man, I, re I remember I would ask millionaires for $10,000. They would laugh at me. You weren't a millionaire. And, you know, you invested the 10 grand because, you know, and I thank you for that. And just like, you know, so it, it just goes to show that's I, I feel so, so Pro, like sure about blockchain is here to stay that I'm just, this is what I want to be known for. So, you know, digital currency LLC is going to be in all facets of blockchain, you know, from mining to marketplaces to news, even et cetera, et cetera. So people need to understand that in this world right now, there's a lot of faceless websites and things like that. So like, I'm trying to do the opposite. I want people to know that I'm here, you know, I'm accessible. You're very, I was just going to say you're very accessible. I noticed <laughs> that with like your Twitter followers and stuff, like you're active and, and you're a busy guy. I know like you barely slept the last couple of weeks of getting your site ready and things like that. And it's, it's amazing to me that you still find the time to, uh, I mean, even do this show, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's great. I know you're committed to this and this is one of the reasons I decided I was going to team up with you because quite a few people have approached me about things coming back and doing another podcast and things like that. And I've just been like, ah, I just didn't have faith in some of these other proposals I got. But and I'm a pretty good judge of character and reading people I have been my whole life. And it was probably within our by our, our second conversation. I was like. Yeah, yeah, I'm putting my money on this horse, you know, like, I just had faith and it was just, it wasn't just your knowledge, which I mean, it's a huge part of it, but your passion and again, your transparency, which is something that I'm a big fan of, which is one of the reasons I like the idea of blockchain technology, just someone that's committed to making things happen in this industry and not just for their own end, but to help others along the way. Yeah, man. And, and thanks for saying that. And that's just how I feel because, you know, I, I've never been on the handout system. So I try to like, you know, if I, you know, gain some knowledge from someone, I believe they gave me that knowledge because they see something in me or, you know, they want to help me or et cetera, et cetera. And that's what I'm trying to do for the public. And on top of that, like, like you said, like I'm doing 20 hour days, I'm traveling here and there, like on the back end and behind the scenes, I'm doing business partnerships and solidifying deals. So like I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff, but for me, this gives me an outlet. And what gave me the inspiration to do this show D is I won't mention any names, but I heard the other so-called crypto podcast and they were either trying to shill something or they just weren't that knowledgeable and they were just literally reading text. So I just, decided, hey, let me get out there. Let me just give people some knowledge, some good advice. And, um, you know, 
try to help people on their way. And, and, you know, hopefully I get that little tweet like, Hey man, thanks for, you know, this, this advice or that info helped me or, you know, that, that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, it really does. I love crypto. I love talking about it, but I hate going to some businessman that's like a millionaire and he wants to get an hour of free information for me. I just don't like that, but I don't mind giving like the average person that's taking the time to listen to this podcast, some good free information that I normally charge for. Like when I had my consulting firm, which January I had to stop running because of the website and everything. But for over a year and a half, I can't tell you how many people didn't want to accept my phone call. And then when Bitcoin was, you know, edging 13, 14, 15,000, I was getting calls left and right. Everybody asking me, what should I buy? When should I sell? And, you know, at, at that point, it was basically, I kept it a business. Do you want this advice? This is how much yeah, it no, costs. That's only fair. You know, right, because they didn't I, want to listen to me when I was trying to offer the advice for free. So, I mean, you know, as digital currency LLC grows and we get more employees and everything, I'm hoping, you know, I, I might be less on the social media, but I'm hoping to continue this podcast. And, you know, that could be my voice to the world and people know that I'm still here. But, yeah, so thanks for listening, a, guys. Amen. I think it's a great way to wrap this one up. So thank you, Jeff. And thank, thank you, you. D. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, man. I have a blast doing this with you every week. And when we Me talk too, off air, you know, and honestly, transparency, here we go to those listening out there as we do these episodes, because we do this live, essentially, you know what I mean? Like, we're not scripting anything. We're we nothing kind of talk a little bit about what we'd like to discuss ahead of time. But we don't get into the nitty gritty till we actually start recording this. And I sit here at my desk in my studio and I'm taking notes on some of the stuff that Jeff's bringing <laughs> right on, here. Bro. No, I swear to God, that's what I'm doing. It's it's so I get a lot out of this as your co-host too. So, Thank, hey, hope... and just between me and you, D, you could always get a private consultation on the house, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got to worry about that, man. <laughs> that's fantastic. But we really hope you guys, you know, enjoy what you hear. You get something out of it, and you know, hit us up. We're on Twitter. Uh, you can hit Jeff up on Coin Gorilla at Coin Gorilla One. We're on the the podcast page on Twitter is at now underscore crypto. And uh, I was working on putting together an Instagram page for us, uh, and that's uh, not really Sweet. much up there right now. But if you want to, if you're on Instagram and you'd like to keep in in the know of what we got going on here at cryptocurrency now, we're at crypto underscore currency underscore now on instagram so jeff thanks again man i love doing this with you, you and we'll bang out another one next week and yeah looking forward to it i look forward to it and and thanks everyone for listening have a blessed week and yeah take care amen thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the show follow us and comment on twitter at coin gorilla one Register now at coingorilla.com and tune in next week for another episode of Cryptocurrency Now.